Welcome back to the Four Free Podcast. This is James Safert, your host, as well as John Hollyfield here. And uh, we are excited about our interview that we've got today. John, before we get with that, how is the life in the Hollyfield realm in Tennessee? Uh, we've been fighting a seasonal a seasonal cold or allergies, whatever it is, but it just like hits you and um, I don't know, just it sort of makes you feel rough, but then also, you know, you get this junk in your throat, but yeah, that's other than that, been, been doing great. Yeah. We had the same thing going through our house. Uh, last week, Hudson was sick. I was in the ER with him and then my wife was sick this weekend. Brody was sick. And so I'm hoping that me and Jade don't get it, but it, it's just going through the house. Brody had strep. And my youngest, my, my baby, he had a he had a cold, just a crud, is what they called it. So it's that time of the year. But uh, with everyone harvesting around where we're at and uh, the seasonal allergies, it is it's tough. Um, so yeah, we got a lot going on, John. A couple of things: we are just about a month away from our big RFP meetup camp meeting uh, in Danville, Virginia. There at Hope Church with Brian Edwards. And uh, we hope that you can be there. John, what are those dates? That is November 4th and 5th in uh, Danville, Virginia, so for the sake of the Gospel Conference. And looking forward to that. Uh, we're going to have uh, Nathan Cravat, J.C. Groves, Brian Edwards, um, Justin Wilson. No, Jared Wilson. Sorry. Jared Wilson. <laughs> And Mark Milioni and Craig Edwards were, will will all be speaking, and um, we're going to have some wonderful worship music and uh, just an awesome time. Uh, looking forward to seeing everybody out there, and hope everybody has a chance to to be able to come. Registration is fifty dollars, so make your raise out there. The other thing that's going on within the RFP community is the Israel trip coming up. The Israel trip is in January. I think there's maybe a, a spot. Or, or two left. Uh, I don't know. One of those spots has been taken. Come on. Because Big James yours, is going to Israel. Yours truly is jumping on a plane with the boys, and we are heading to Israel. Man, I'm excited. Uh, there's a there's a group chat, John, that I didn't know about that is uh, probably just for the ones on Israel. And so everyone that's on there, and so it's been fun uh, to see those things and to be able to talk with them. Uh, but a great group of guys that are going. Some guys that I didn't know that was going to be going um, is going to be there. And so that's going to be great. I'm excited about a friend of ours, um, Jake Carlisle. Shout out to Jake. He's going to be going with us. And so uh, me and him hopefully are going to be rooming together. And it's going to be a great time. I'm so excited. I've, I've always wanted to go to Israel. I've always said it would be a great time to go to Israel. Um, love the experience that everybody that has been said that it just changes your life. And so I'm excited. I never thought I'd be able to go, uh, but this is a great opportunity. And the church I met is, uh, they said they're paying 100% of it. So uh, just a blessing there. Thank them for that. Uh, but just excited about being able to be, uh, really it's an educational trip, just to be able to learn more uh, about where we're at. So, But, John, we've got an interview today. We need to get on board with this interview. Uh, we've got lined up with us Sean Perot. Uh, John's not going to be on this interview. He had some – some scheduling things that happened. And so I had the opportunity of interviewing Sean myself. Sean, uh, he's a young guy. He's our age and uh, he's down in Florida and uh, he's going to give us some intro of who he is. 
but just a great interview. Uh, he works, he's a family pastor and a children's pastor, uh, works with counseling children a lot. And so uh, we're looking to having him come on again uh, for another episode on how to care for children and how to counsel children. Um, and so just a great asset of wisdom that he's got down there in Florida. And so we hope you enjoy this episode and yeah. I hope that we'll see you in just a couple of weeks. Sean's wrote three books, Letters to a Romantic on Dating, uh, Letters to a Romantic on Engagement, and Letters to a Romantic on the First Years of Marriage. And uh, all three of these books are, are for the early stages of a relationship uh, between uh, the dating period to the first few years of marriage and just given some biblical wisdom to navigate those things. And so I'm sure you're going to be enriched by this interview uh, that James gives with Sean Perrone. And uh, so without further delay, here it is. I do not mean to be mean. I do mean to be mad. Those that criticize this kind of preaching, they don't like authority. If you ain't got the King James, you ain't got, hey, if you don't have a King James, you don't have a Bible. And it'd be surprised. Son, don't go to sleep while I'm talking. Hey, hey, hey. Don't, don't, don't you lay your head back. I, I'm, I'm important. I'm somebody. I love you. You know I love you. Have I convinced you I love you? Uh, yeah. You better say, you better nod your head. Yes. All right. Come on. Put it right there. All right. You stay awake and you listen to me. I still believe it'd be a cold day in hell before I get my family to a woman. I'm a preacher. got dressed today, you dressed deity. This is the For Freedom Podcast, a podcast that is part of the RFP network that seeks to bring freedom in Christ from the spiritual abuse of legalism. Now here are your hosts, John Hollyfield and James Safrit. And so fundamentalism is designed to unpack the idea of authority from Scripture. The problem with that is that that's not the defining principle in Scripture. It is a part of Scripture, but the defining principle in Scripture is love. saying that all men who sit under the, the, that teaching will become abusive but what i'm saying is the ones who are abusive will be drawn to that sort of teaching i, I don't want to give people just a list of things they can start doing differently until they have a heart out of which they're going to be doing those things differently I think bitterness is different from hurt. I would say that hurt or even abuse does not have to result in bitterness. Well, welcome back to the Four Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, James. And unfortunately, John is not able to be with us here today. Uh, he's had some scheduling complications. And so we uh, are doing a good do an interview with uh, Sean Perot. Uh, and uh, he, I think I'm saying your last name right, Sean, right, Perot? 
Uh, Perone, yeah. Perone, okay. I didn't know if the English was silent or not. And so uh, his biographical info here is uh, he is a graduate of Southeast Southern Baptist Seminary. He serves as the associate pastor at uh, First Baptist Church of Jacksonville, Florida. He's an ACBC certified counselor with a specialization in marriage counseling. He's an author of three books, is what we'll be talking about today, specifically Letters to the Romantic on Dating, Letters to the Romantic on Marriage, and Letters to the Romantic on the First Years. Uh, he is currently pursuing a doctorate in applied theology with an emphasis of biblical counseling from Midwestern Theological Seminary. Sean has been married to Jenny for 10 years, and they have two children. He is the most he is most passionate about his work of pastoral ministry, his family, uh, and hot tea. He is blessed uh, by the sincere Christians of First Baptist Church and their passion for the Bible. Uh, Sean, welcome to the show. I'm a huge fan of yours and enjoyed your work uh, with ACBC and uh, following you over these last couple of years. Uh, I've been to several conferences, been able to hear you. And uh, the last time I heard you, you spoke on counseling children, hurting children. And I've used that uh, stuff that I learned there, uh, helped other pastors in our county, uh, just being able to help uh, a lot of people. And so it's been a great, tremendous blessing for me. And so welcome to the show. Uh, glad to have you here today. Uh, thanks, James. And praise the Lord. I'm very, very thankful to uh, be on the, on the show with you together. And I'm glad to talk, to talk about the important issues at hand. Yeah. Well, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners, and uh, if if some of our listeners may know, we are talking about First Baptist Church of Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, this is where Heath Lambert's at, and I think he's going to give us a quick update on how he's doing. Some of you may know he had a brain surgery just a couple of days ago, weeks ago, and so introduce who you are to our listeners, and if you don't mind giving us an update there. Yeah, I would love to. So, so uh, uh, my name is Sean Perone, and I'm the associate pastor at First Baptist, and uh, Heath uh, Lambert is uh, the senior pastor here. And uh, there have been a series of um, brain surgeries that Heath has uh, gone through. Um, it's now, actually, he's had four now, and two of them uh, were in the past uh, month. Hmm. So uh, it's been pretty intense, uh, very intense, actually, uh, for him and his family, and uh, the the basically uh, the last procedure um, really seems uh, to have been very helpful. Uh, so uh, he was having uh, hemifacial spasms um, on uh, on one side of his face and on one side of his body, and uh, there was a, a nerve that they needed to go in and uh, put padding uh, in between the nerve and, and an artery and. Uh, that it seems to have been successful after the fourth, uh, surgery thus far. Um, and in God's kindness, uh, he's no longer having pain, uh, with his spasms and, uh, he lost his hearing after the third surgery. And, uh, after the fourth surgery, his hearing has returned. Um, it's, it's quite miraculous. Actually, they, they said that that was uh, not going to happen. Uh, they said that was, there was no medical expectation that his hearing would return. Uh, but our church was praying and we were praying and, uh, God in his kindness has done that. And so, uh, after being, it had been two months since he had been in the pulpit, um, and one month uh, just uh, strictly uh, under watch care from the doctor, um, and uh, he preached this last Sunday, uh, and so it was very, very exciting to have him back. And uh, he's still taking it easy; he's still easing things back in. Um, he's uh, he still has some dizziness, uh, but uh, it's good to have him back, and we're very, very thankful for the Lord's kindness uh, in that regard. Well, that's great. Uh, and how long have you been serving under Pastor Heath there? Yeah, so I've been at First Baptist now since 2017. 
so uh, a little just about five years. And um, I worked with Keith previously uh, at ACBC, and um, I was uh, director of operations uh, at uh, uh, while he was executive director uh, at ACBC. And so uh, we've uh, we've been uh, doing ministry together for uh, around a decade now, and I'm very very thankful uh, to be a part of it. That's great. And you've got two children. What are their ages? Yeah. So uh, Chandler, he's our oldest son. Uh, he's uh, four years old. And uh, Cosette is our youngest and she's 18 months. Great. And uh, they are very happy, very fun and uh, squishy too. We like to squeeze Cosette a lot. Uh, I agree. I've got I've got one that same age and it's a, it's a blessing to have those young kids and uh, to be able to influence their lives, uh, hopefully for the gospel's sake. And so that's a great thing. Uh, so as we get started today, and uh, Sean's got several things on his calendar, so we, we won't be a long interview, but we want to discuss some things. Uh, but we want to talk uh, or initially of what made you decide to even go into biblical counseling. You were at Southeastern, I'm sorry, Southern, um, yeah. with, uh, and, and you got your MDiv there. Uh, and then it says you became ACBC certified. Why did, what was this, what was the draw to become a certified biblical counselor? Yeah, so... Uh, I, I first went to Bible college. I went to Boyce college and I went, uh, very committed to be a preacher, very committed to be a, a pastor. And my view of, uh, pastoring was uh, primarily, uh, you love the Bible, you study the Bible, you preach the Bible, and, uh, then you, you know, you do weddings and funerals and, and that kind of thing, uh, on the side. And that, that's what I thought when I was, uh, wanted to go into ministry in high school and then in Bible college. And then I, I got to Bible college and uh, I realized um, that uh, ministry was a lot broader <laughs> than just uh, getting up in a pulpit uh, for an hour every Sunday. Or uh, if you're at a church that does it uh, three times a week, uh, three hours a week, uh, and that you had to do something other than uh, study during the week uh, for those times. And that that involved um, the, an aspect of personal ministry of the word. And it was a, a really a paradigm shift for me in thinking about um, ministry as a whole. But then uh, to understand that the Bible isn't just uh, sufficient for doctrine, but is sufficient for life and godliness. And so um, I wound up actually interning at uh, the church uh, I was at uh, under uh, Heath Lambert. And he said, hey, have you ever thought about doing counseling? And my answer was no, I would never never thought about it, never was interested. And uh, he said, Hey, well, I have a counseling case I'm involved in. Would you want to watch me? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm an intern here at the church. I'd love to do that. And uh, it was this married couple. I was not married at the time. And um, I was like, okay, well, I've got a lot to learn here. And this married couple came in and they were church members and they started telling uh, Heath all of their problems. And I'm telling you, it was an unbelievably complex case. I mean, it was every problem that I, I never even thought you could have in marriage. I was like, whoa. And they, they talked uh, and shared all their problems for about 30, 45 minutes. And I remember it was the, the time in the conversation where it was Heath's turn to speak. And there was like this pause. And I thought to myself, I literally have nothing to say to this couple. And <laughs> And I, 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 this is shameful, but I had the thought, I was like, there's no hope for them. Mm. I was like, this, this, this is over. This is toast. <laughs> there's no, like, this is, this is going nowhere fast. <laughs> and, um, he, uh, opened his Bible and, uh, he read a passage and he said, um, 
I want you to know that uh, every single thing you said, uh, God can help you with. And everything you said, the Bible has answers to every problem you mentioned. There is no surprise here. There is nothing too hard that the scriptures and the Lord cannot address. And I believe that we can uh, help you immensely and get your marriage right on track. And it, it was a smack in my face. I was like, you know what? That is the total opposite of what I said. Um, and uh, so I, I, shortly thereafter, I was like, you know what? I, I really want to invest uh, in this and learn and grow. And uh, so right now I'm uh, deep into the woods and biblical counseling, and I'm very thankful and don't regret it for a second. And I, I'm, uh, even though I'm not full-time as a counselor, I'm, I, I preach, uh, periodically here at the church. And I love that too. So I, I have the best of both worlds. I'm very grateful. Yeah, no, that's great. I love it. And uh, I, I can sense the same thing in, in my life and uh, talking to other guys in that same way of just being able to uh, help just seeing just seeing God's word, being able to penetrate someone's heart and be able to see that change. It's, it's amazing uh, on that one-on-one sessions. Um, so Quick, uh, as we as we continue on, you've written three books, and that's what we're here to talk about today. Is your three books, uh, letters to the romantic on dating, on marriage, and through the years. Why? Well, as I was even thinking through this, uh, a thought came to my mind. There's probably a million books out there on marriage, okay, yeah. <laughs> on dating and and how to how to lose how to how to destroy your dating life. And uh, man, as I was even looking through my my books in my office, I'm thinking, man. There's there's hundreds of books that I have on dating and marriage, and uh, why write another book? Why write another three <laughs> books on marriage? I mean, what wh- what was the reason behind this? Yes, yeah, great question. So, and a question that my publisher really wanted to know too. So, <laughs> um, a few things. So, uh, so uh, my best one of my best friends, uh, Spencer Harmon. He's actually uh, another pastor here um, on staff at First Baptist now, and um, we. Uh, we're looking at the evangelical landscape. Um, th- this was back um, in uh, 2010, and uh, we were looking at okay, what does what does the evangelical church have to say about dating in particular? And everyone, no matter where you turn, talks about uh, I kiss dating goodbye, Josh Harris. Um, I mean, that, that was, you can't have a conversation in the Christian world without referencing uh, Josh Harris's uh, work. And um, what we um, what we wanted to do was we wanted to write a book that was uh, practical, relevant, and did not fall into the ditch of uh, legalism, uh, but also did not fall into the ditch of license to where, hey, anything goes um, so we, we truly tried to strike uh, a balance and, or what we think is a biblical take of um, not saying, hey, uh, if, if you call it dating, it's a sin. Or on the other end, hey, dating's fine. The Bible doesn't have anything to say about dating. Do whatever you want. And we wanted to say, okay, what does the Bible actually say about this thing that we call dating? Mm-hmm. And because uh, we're committed to the sufficiency of Scripture and because we're committed to biblical counseling, we saw a need to say, okay, um, how does the sufficiency of scripture impact this strange phenomenon in Western culture that we call dating? Uh, how do, how do we, how do we think about it? Um, so that was the first book. Uh, it wound up being two books, uh, one part on dating, one part focused on engagement. And, uh, the, there's 
I don't know of hardly any books written on the specific topic of engagement. Um, and so that, that's also a unique season uh, that we wanted to bring the sufficiency of scripture to, to bear on. And then after, after those, our publisher came back and said, Hey, would you be interested in, um, in a, a third book? And the, the third book, uh, because there's so many great books on marriage to yes. your point, yes. I mean, you got momentary marriage by Piper. you got, um, I mean, you have, countless books. Uh, when sinners say I do, you got Wayne Max books. I mean, you name it. Uh, why would you have the audacity as someone who's been barely been married 10 years to, <laughs> to do this? And the thought was, okay, we're going to focus on the first five years, um, the first five years. And we're going to, we're going to focus on it, not as uh, people who are reflecting on 60 years of marriage, but as people who have just gone through the first five years and, have done so in, in a community of older saints and in a community of people who are richly immersed in the scriptures. And the reason why is there is a lot of material that uh, there's a, there's a lot of material that's out there that is wonderful and good, but it feels a little disconnected from the problems that you first encounter mm-hmm. um, just because there's so many years removed from the, the people that are writing. And also quite frankly, uh, there's a lot of the chapters that we included that we had to go and search everywhere for resources on. So there's several chapters on sexual intimacy. And uh, we thought that there was a few things that we could contribute in particular that needed to be said to the church that we had not been able to find um, easily accessible. And so we wanted to have a fresh take from people who had just gone on the other side of it and then strike a few uh, uh, crucial topics that we thought were in need. So yeah, that's great. Uh, speaking of, you know, that, that first five years, uh, how y'all had just gone through it, how did that really, uh, as you guys were writing it, how did that impact, because uh, you wrote it with a, a friend, right? Y'all, it was a co-authorship. Yeah. How, how did that, uh, how did that really impact, you know, putting some things down that y'all had just recently went through, uh, maybe some, some conflicts that maybe you and your wife had went through, or maybe him and his wife went through. How did that help as writing that down and, and help out, you know, just authoring it? Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's the, personally, when, when you're, you're writing about things that are fresh, um, writing makes your thoughts clear. Mm-hmm. So it, it helps be able to, uh, give, uh, concrete, uh, sentences to the things that you've experienced. And in particular, what was so crucial, uh, in a few of the chapters is we had received help um, from uh, people in our church that was so valuable and so meaningful to us um, that we want to take those same things that we were helped by and then uh, disseminate them to people that uh, the people that we spoke to wouldn't be able to reach or um, wouldn't read any other book in particular, but they would, for whatever reason, pick up ours. Um, so it, in, in reality, um, it was we've received help. And so now how can we articulate the help we received to make it then available uh, to other counselors or pastors or newly engaged uh, or uh, early years to marriage couples um, so that they can also be helped as well. So uh, there, there's uh, very little uh, that we would ever claim to be original in the book. Uh, in fact, I don't know if there's anything original in the book, <laughs> to be honest, because uh, if it was, it'd probably be scary. Uh, so uh, we're, uh, we're very, very thankful for the investment that people have made in our lives. Yeah. You mentioned one thing as you begin talking through on the first point of uh, trying to help out couples who had come through legalism had uh, you didn't want it to be legalistic in that mindset. And and our, a lot of our audience is 
uh, coming out of a legalistic mindset. Uh, how would you help a couple out the, in, in marriage who's coming out of this legalistic mindset? Uh, I gave an example um, of, you know, maybe they both came from a very strict home and they were just, uh, you know, both had oppressive parents just, you know, in that legalistic mindset. Uh, one has sort of swung away and said, you know, I'm going to do everything opposite my parents did. The other one has sort of like, you know, I, I see value in that. I see value in the in the discipline. I see value in the rules and the structure. Um, but I'm just trying to, you know, maybe a couple who's just struggling, button heads, uh, of yeah. one that's wanting to just have this carefree life and, and raise their kids to do whatever they want. The the new term I think is is gentle parenting, where you just let your kids do whatever, and you have to ask permission to even you know do something to them. Uh, where the other side of it is, you know, you're going to listen to me, and and I'm the you know just this hard nosed set of it. How would you help a parent help a couple out? The saying, you know what, we're struggling in our marriage, we're struggling in our intimacy because we're clashing on this area. We're trying to raise our kids. And as we're raising our kids and something happens, all of a sudden we butt heads on the way we're even trying to do something. And that's hurting our, our physical life, it's hurting our emotional life, and, and we're just having problems. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a super important issue. So, a few things. Uh, first off, it's super important that it's crucial, actually, that. Uh, the husband and wife be on the same page um, on this issue. Um, and if they're not on the same page, that's okay. As long as everyone recognizes it and wants to move to get on the same page. <laughs> so, uh, it, 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 you know, they don't need to freak out and say, Oh my goodness, my marriage is terrible and awful because we have, they're coming at this from a different perspective. Well, there's all kinds of things that you come at from different perspectives. And as long as you're moving and uh, as long as uh, you're uh, talking about these things and moving towards a biblical a biblical framework, uh, that's where we want to, that's where we want to land. Um, so, uh, a few things, if there's disagreement or, or questions or wondering, I, I would really encourage, um, the couple to read together on their own, uh, uh the book of first John. So, uh, slowly, uh, maybe it's, uh, one verse a night, even if, if, if you got, uh, if you're strapped for time and, uh, but you, you need to, you need to read through, uh, the book of first John, uh, together as a couple, and uh, what you'll see in First John is you'll see this beautiful balance of what the gospel does and how it impacts uh, the Christian life. And uh, Jesus uh, defies all the human categories that we like to fall into. So uh, Jesus uh, comes in and he targets the heart. He transforms the heart. He gives new birth, new life. So John 3 is new, uh, born again. John 4 talks about the woman at the well. Uh, and, you, and you move on throughout the whole gospel of John, and you see how Jesus hits at the heart. But then that heart always manifests itself in fruitfulness. That heart uh, always manifests itself in a changed life. So John 15 talks about bearing fruit, abide in me, and my words will abide in you, and you bear much fruit. Um, Jesus tells uh, the, the lame man that healed in John 5, uh, go and sin no more. Um, he tells uh, the adulterous woman the same thing. Uh, so you have uh, this, this pattern of Jesus impacting the heart and then the heart manifesting itself in actual, real, tangible uh, change. And so th that balance that Jesus uh, brings as the wonderful counselor is uh, manifested in uh, the, the short book of First John, where you see there's a heart transformation, there, there's, uh, there's a change of affections, there's a change of desires, 
And yet there's also a change in physical behavior, like, like uh, external behavior. So I would frame the conversation in terms of there's uh, internal and external. So there's the heart and that internal change leads to external change. So how can this manifest itself in, um, in marriage and in uh, a lot of different ways? Uh, you mentioned uh, coming from a background of strict discipline. So if a, if a couple is trying to parent their, their kids, um, you need to do both. You need to emphasize the heart and uh, faith and repentance. And you also need to emphasize external obedience. So uh, Ephesians 4, um, children, honor your father and mother, for this is the first commandment with a promise. Well, honoring is comes from an attitude of the heart. Uh, it comes from the heart. You have to honor them. You have to respect them. So this is where um, uh, Ted Tripp's book, Shepherding the Child's Heart, is very helpful um, because you get at the heart of it. But at the same time, it says, obey your parents for this is right. Uh, so uh, it, it's not a very deep argument. It's, hey, this is right. This is God's world. That's how he ordered it. It's the right way. And if you do this, you'll receive blessing. And if you don't, you'll receive cursing. And so um, obey from the heart. And, uh, and, and that involves not just uh, what's going on in your heart, but also you, you actually need to physically obey. You don't need to yell at your sister. You don't need to throw toys. You don't need to fuss. You don't need to drop your cup wherever we tell you not to drop your cup. Um, and if you get it in that order, addressing the heart first and then the externals, the right order uh, is crucial in having a culture in your home that deals with the most important thing first, uh, which is not the outward behavior, but which is the inward behavior. So that's one example. It, it can it can impact a couple in a thousand ways. It can impact your movie choices. Uh, your heart is important in what you are watching or not watching. And at the same time, uh, your heart is going to manifest itself in physical choices that you choose on what shows you're going to watch. So uh, both are connected. It's not an either or. It's a, it's two wings of a plane. You need both wings uh, and, and both are crucial. Yeah. And I think that, you know, and we, me and John, we've talked about this with several other people and even um, personally, just a couple of days ago, and we had a uh, just a talk of just the thought of when you are going through this process of parenting and, and being in a in a in a marriage relationship, uh, rules are not bad, rules are not wrong. It's just what is the heart mindset behind it? How are we internalizing this? And is it am I just doing this because I? have always done this and someone's told me to do it, or is it affecting, like you said, the heart and the issue of the heart? Um, and that's really what we've got to get to is, is the heart of the matter. And uh, we, we interviewed Brad Bigme um, many episodes ago, just a yeah. man, phenomenal, phenomenal time. The the gospel treason uh, book, and just a, a great time of talking through where is our heart at? And, and our heart is an idol factory. It's something that is going to destroy us. If we don't control it, if our body, if we don't allow the gospel to penetrate that in our lives. And so great, great thoughts there um, on our heart. Uh, last thing we want to give um, our listeners, um, and, and you can spend as much or as little time on this as you want, just some practical tips for healthy marriage. Uh, you've written three books now, Dating, Marriage, and The First Years. Uh, what are some things that you would give someone, just some three practical tips to say, you know, not saying that you're going to, if you do these three things, you're going to have a successful marriage and, and everything's going to be great. Uh, but in, in the years that you've helped people, in the years that you've uh, been involved in ministry, what are some three main things that uh, are foundational truths that are going to allow your marriage to be healthy? Yeah. Uh, so that's a fun question. So three tips. Okay. So top three, I should say. Um, 
First yeah. would be, and if you're a good Baptist and you have sub points, that's fine as well. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see if I can make them all alliterated. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so uh, no, so uh, first one, uh, it would be read the Bible together. So uh, this is Psalm one. Blessed is the man who uh, walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree that's planted by streams of water, and he will bear fruit in, uh, in due season. Um, the wicked are not so. The, the wicked aren't so. Uh, they're like chaff that is driven away, and uh, they will not stand in the day of the righteous. They will not stand in the day of judgment. Um, so I say that to say it's not just the blessed man. It's uh, the blessed couple, right? So um, if, if you are a married couple— um, you need to be reading the Bible together. Uh, that is a wonderful thing you can do. And you need to be delighting. And, and that's the heart. It's not just reading the Bible like a checklist. It, it's not, you, you delight in the law of the Lord and you meditate on it day and night. It's, it's the heart that's bursting with affection, bursting with faith, bursting with treasuring, bursting with joy as you, as you read the word. And in order to have that heart, you have to repent and you have to ask Jesus for forgiveness for not delighting in his word. And um, so uh, meditating on the word together. Um, so if, if you're just married and you don't have kids, uh, Deuteronomy 6 talks about uh, how you're supposed to walk with your kids and talk with them about the Bible. Do that with your spouse. Yeah. Start now. Um, maybe you don't have kids and maybe you need to be talking uh, with your spouse. Um, hey, what'd you read in the Bible today? Hey, I, I saw that you were reading the Bible early in the morning. So like my wife and I, uh, we read the Bible at night. That's the best time that we do it. And we read it separately. And then we come together and we talk about it. And then we read um, just a little bit before bed, not much. And I, what I would say would be, don't, don't try to bite off more than you can chew. Uh, so I guess this is a sub point. Um, we're, we're, not, uh, we're, we're not going for uh, giant chunks of reading. If you have the time to do that, that's wonderful. But we're thinking one small step uh, for man, one giant leap for your home. So we're, we're, we're just one plod, one thing at a time. And uh, that will transform everything in your marriage uh, to the glory of God and for your good. So that'll be the first tip. Um, uh, the second thing I would say would be um, th- this one is harder. Okay. So this, this one's kind of brutal, but you got to do it. All right. So uh, if, if, you're, if you're married, you uh, need to go to your spouse and you should say, uh, honey or baby or snickerdoodle or whatever you call them. <laughs> um, what is one thing, just one, what, what's one area that I need to grow in, in our marriage. And when you tell me I'm going to receive it with joy and I'm not going to argue about it and I just want to hear it and I will receive it humbly. Uh, if you do that, if, if you do that and you can go to your spouse and you say, I want you to tell me, you have to tell me one area. You can't say that there's nothing. I'm, you can't say everything I'm doing is great. Cause that's not true. You need to give me one area. Mm-hmm. Tell me that one area. And I will, uh, I will really hear you. That can be a transformative moment uh, in your marriage and uh, is, is a very good habit to cultivate. And so I think you should, as a tip, go to your spouse and say, Hey, look, I, I want to know, I want to grow. Uh, tell me what's one area I want you to be, want you to be honest with me and I, and I will receive it. So that'd be tip number two. Um, Third one, uh, I will combine two. So I'm going to squeeze, I'm going to cheat and I'm going to wow. squeeze. That's I'm squeeze in. <laughs> uh, I think if you want to have a wonderful marriage, you have to prioritize communication and uh, physical intimacy. 
So communication and sexual intimacy. Uh, I'm sneaking that in because those two are related. Um, if, you, if you're not good at communicating, uh, you're not going to have a good sexual intimacy. If, uh, if you're communicating, but you're never having sexual intimacy, something's misfiring. It's, it's not working as it should. So, um, and, and I say prioritized. This has to be a priority in your marriage. Um, it, it just has to be. Uh, when, when couples get busy, uh, we were told this uh, by the Lamberts. The Lamberts uh, did our pre-marriage counseling. They told us the first two things to go, communication and sex. And uh, that's, that's generally true for most couples. Mm-hmm. And you have to fight. You have to be intentional to communicate, uh, to talk to one another. How are you doing? What's going on? What are your fears? What are your loves? Where are your pressures? What's your tension going on in your life? Um, let's talk. I want, I want to know what's going on during your day. Um, and then also uh, prioritize uh, sex. Um, sex is uh, not, um, not going to make a great marriage, but a great marriage will have um, wonderful, exciting, joyful uh, sex. And uh, the Song of Solomon is a, is a rich, wonderful book that highlights a, a couple's delight in God's good gift. And uh, if you're too busy, you need to plan it. You plan vacations, you need to plan sex. You, if, you're, if you're too swamped, you've got to make this priority. If you're eating food, uh, you got to make this uh, a priority. So it'd be better if you had peanut butter sandwiches for lunch and you were able to come together and enjoy one another in bed uh, than to have a gourmet meal every night. So you you got you to make this a priority, and that's crucial. So those would be my uh, 3.5 uh, tips uh, <laughs> that I would get. That's great. And, and, you know, on that for that second point, I thought, I thought all of them were great. But that second point, uh, really, if if a marriage is struggling, like we talked about uh, previously with legalism and, and struggle and strife uh, and their heart isn't right and their heart isn't in the right mindset. When you ask that question, one growth point, if you're asking it from a sense of, you know, resentment or whatever it may be, and you're not in the right heart moment you're going to take it wrong and you're going to now now you're going to have a fight moment <laughs> you're going to right. you're going to blow up each other so it really it begins to build back and say okay uh where are we at where's my heart at and and if you can't if you can't ask that in a, in a good spirit don't ask that yeah. question <laughs> that's right yeah you, you got to humble yourourself first yeah yeah, yeah because yeah. The, you may hear something you don't, don't want to hear uh I've, <laughs> that's I've, been, right. I've been there as a husband as a dad and my wife has told me many times hey you're, you don't need to do that that's and she told me that when I wasn't in the right moment, in the right heart set, and uh, it, it, was a, it was an argument time. And so it's really making sure, and, and we're not perfect, we're humans as well. And so it's making sure we're in the right mindset, we're in the right heart set uh, when these questions and things arise in our life. Um, so I, th- I think it's perfect. That's awesome. And uh, any closing things from you today, Sean? Anything that you want to add to our listeners or anything you think would be helpful? I'll link your your books in the show notes. Um, where they can purchase them at. Um, but, yeah. but any closing thoughts from you? Yeah. Wh- one final thing I would just say, especially we're, we're talking about legalism here. Um, oh my goodness. Uh, a legalistic heart uh, is, is an unjoyful heart. It's, it's lacking happiness. It's lacking joy. And the God of the Bible is a happy, happy God. And uh, marriage is meant to be happy. It's meant to be filled with joy from the heart uh, that is a good gift to God. And so I would just say the um, fruit of the spirit is joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if you don't have joy, uh, that's because something's misfiring in your heart. Um, and if, if you're focused on legalism and rules, um, again, rules aren't bad. Rules are not bad. But 
if your joy comes from your obedience to a, to a specific uh, framework or a specific uh, task or whatever it is, and your joy is not fundamentally rooted in God and his word, um, you're missing out. You're missing out. <laughs> you're missing out on uh, the greatest gift of life, which is knowing our, our very happy God. And so I would say I'm super thankful for the conversation. I'm super thankful for uh, the opportunity to be able to talk about it. And I'm really grateful uh, that you had me on the, on your show, James. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for being here today. And thank you for our listeners for tuning in to this short interview. An interview that I think was so impactful uh, and helped me out. And uh, like I said, I've enjoyed listening and reading after Sean. And so I hope you will as well. And uh, until next time, to God, not the pastor, be the glory. Thanks for listening to the For Freedom Podcast. To find more content like this, please visit rfpnetwork.org. To find more podcasts like this one, resources, and meetups to encourage you on your journey.